What is going on, guys? You are live here in the sit-down on the Built-In Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Of course, I am the Sauce God, your host. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Buffalo Sauce God. And I'm joined here with my co-host, as usual, nothing different with that. Mr. Montage himself. How we doing, Montage? Bills, Mafia, and Sauce God. How you doing today? Not as good as you well, Montage. I think uh, it's a little bit tougher show than we'd like to have here today, but... Uh... Give us a rundown there, Sauce Gun. Well, let me tell you what. If you guys are just now tuning in, don't forget to hit that like and share. Of course, this is the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings, the best chicken wings that there are. Of course, Built in Buffalo is also in partnership with PLB Sports, Picasso's Pizza, Ticket IQ, and Western New York. And I'll tell you what, Montage, we've got ourselves a great show ahead because, hey, we're going to actually get a little honest here. We're going to point the finger a little bit. We're going to talk about who is really to blame because I'm angry. This was not the way the season was supposed to go. So I'm fired up, and I'm not sad. I'm ready to talk. So if you're in the comments, get going with us because Montage and I are ready to have ourselves a nice little sit-down. Don't go anywhere. Hit that like and share. Montage, let's get ourselves a production video kicked off here, huh? Uh, yes, it is the sit-down, of course, presented by Duff's Famous Wings, the best freaking chicken wings that there are. Montage, let me just tell you, again, it is the highest-rated chicken wing that I have got in my list, in my arsenal, by the way, of chicken wing reviews around Western New York and various places across the United States, of course. Duff's Famous Wings. And this is on the Built to Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So if you're tuning in on YouTube, Hit the subscribe button. Do yourself a favor because Built in Buffalo is nonstop with the content, whether it's live shows like you see here with me and Montage, podcasts, coverage, highlight videos, whatever you name it. Built in Buffalo is your source for that. If you're watching on Twitter, hit the retweet, follow us, and then do yourself a favor. Come on over to the YouTube channel and join in on the comments because you can't comment on Twitter. It's a dumb thing. I don't get it, but whatever. Elon Musk, do something. Uh, and if you're watching on Facebook, hit that like and share, baby. Let's get rock and roll because Montage and I are here to discuss the heartbreaking end, yes, and our final thoughts, yes, and what are we looking at as far as next season, yes. But before that, Montage, let's go ahead. Let's just let's 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 go ahead and let's do this the right way. Let's build it up the right way, right? So let's talk about the current status of the NFL playoffs. Let's just get it out the way. The Chiefs and the Bengals are going to play each other for the AFC Championship. It's the 49ers and Eagles in the NFC Championship. And Montage, first of all, I'm wondering who you got. Uh, if you're in the comments, I'm also wondering who you guys have got, you know, who you're rooting for. Let us know. 
And I, I, we're going to give you our thoughts as well. Montage, why don't you stop here? Lawrence Maroney is in the chat. Thanks, Lawrence, for dropping by. Ex-Patriot. Really glad yeah, and Patriots proud to have you here. Patriots fans love when we lose. So I've got the uh, Eagles versus the Chiefs. I'm just going to go chalk because I really don't have a dog in the fight. Uh, for my best friend John's sake, I'd like the Niners to win the whole damn thing. But if I'm thinking uh, what might happen, I'm going to go with the Chiefs and Eagles to meet and the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. Well, we'll get there next week, right? Sorry. Jumped ahead. I got to tell you, Montage, I could care less about the AFC Championship game. It, my buddy Gino asked me actually a bunch earlier. He's like, "What do you? So, what do you? Who are you rooting for in the AFC Championship?" I said, "Bills." Uh, what, what do you? Who are you? Uh, Niners, Eagles. I can't root for either one of them two teams, of course, because that's where I want to be right now, and I want to be I'm competing to go to the But I know, of course, people in Bills Mafia say, "Well, maybe the Bengals because they haven't won yet." At this point, guys, I just whatever. So I'm looking. At the NFC, because I think the NFC right now is a little bit stronger anyways. I thought if the Bills were going to make the Super Bowl, they were going to have quite the test with either the Eagles or the Niners. And I'll tell you what scares me about the San Francisco 49ers is that Brock Purdy has got all this hype because he's Mr. Irrelevant. And in the card community, his autographs are just through the through the roof as far as value, right? It's, it's insanely stupid in a sense, right? But... He has looked really good, and I have—I know he's got the world of of his disposal, sure, but he's played really well in Shanahan's system, and for a guy that was Mr. Irrelevant, he doesn't look that way. He looks seasoned. He makes his reads. He looks comfortable. And, yeah, San Fran is built a little bit differently, obviously, than we're accustomed to here in Buffalo, but Brock Purdy has definitely shown me that this kid could probably play. Um I don't know if maybe necessarily in a different system yet, but of course right now where they are with the Niners montage, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, that elite defense, Nick Bosa is a terrifying pass rusher. But then I look at the Eagles and I know that, Hey, I'm kind of going off on this, but I want to discuss this because I still really, I'm still looking at some good football matchups here. The Eagles though, with Jalen Hurts, the way that they can run the football, the way that they can pass the football, and the way that they have, like, every single position that they have, it feels like they have two good players at that position, defensive back, receiver, running back. Heck, I'm, heck even quarterback, if you want to consider Gardner Minshew to be a decent quarterback, right? So that's quite the matchup, and I think either one of those two teams that gets to the Super Bowl is going to be the team that wins the Super Bowl. Um I don't know which one is going to be, though, Montage. So let's let's check in with some of the comments. What are people saying? Yeah, I left this one up because I fully endorse and believe in this. And I know he's just one guy on a team, but I don't think that anybody else came out and said anything to negate that what Eli Apple said. <clears throat> and I know he was just kind of. So can you clarify for guy, me? Montage, what, on what, Stephon Diggs, what, was, but, uh, what was the whole thing? Like, we could just clarify it for me because I, this is open discussion. This is unfiltered. I wanted to talk about this. What was like, what did he like? I know how terrible he is, like, regardless, but specifically this time. Yeah, no, he was, uh, re, he retweeted uh, Stefan Diggs tweets and uh, said Cancun on three or Cancun for three and then did yep, the, with the, the emojis. There. So uh, just, one of those things that I, I just don't really understand. A lot of people um, 
making any fun of a guy uh, whose heart stopped on a field and or any I mean anybody it's any in, human in, being that that freaking uh, dies or comes back to life or any human being period I you know and it's just uh, even a person that things. gets hurt just yeah. a person that gets hurt like it's like like okay so here's my thoughts like he he probably said like you know it wasn't anything meant to be ill will but at the end of the day, he knew what he was doing. He knew he was being a punk yeah. by doing it. And like, he's obviously had that persona, and he plays into it. I mean, there are guys in sports that are like that, but he has definitely, in a sense, taken – and that's why I wanted to clarify for anybody that is watching because I don't, I'm not the type of person that takes a lot of stuff too personally, and I have thick skin, but it definitely didn't rub me the right way either. And I've tried to keep really cool since we lost and everything and, and about being negative, but that's one thing. Come on, guys, show some class. You're going to the AFC Championship game, you know, like just move on and keep going. Like that's that could right there be the, the reason that they don't win the AFC Championship game, if you ask me, because of guys like that, distractions, just talk. I mean, well, the guy's trash on the field. Too. Just not a good player. So I mean, what I, what are you doing? I mean, you're not good. You didn't do anything to stop Stefan Diggs. Like you know, Allen missed him on the first drive there. He was wide open, and Eli Apple's been getting burnt all season. And I, you know, he's such a just bad player and he's been to four teams i think and uh our guy dave myers retweeted something from shady mccoy on eli apple uh you know on one of the shows that shady was on and it's just the same thing i mean he's been on four teams and whatever his seven-year career i guess it is and just obviously maybe we're being in new york are more familiar with him from the giants i guess or me like i just pay attention to the giants more because there's more access to him living in a new york market um, and when I lived in Syracuse, there was more, uh, it was closer to New York city. So there was more giant stuff, um, as well as the bills. So, uh, just having more on that, I think that's one of those things where you, you realize one of those guys, and he was a locker room cancer in New York, just absolute terrible. And he's just not, um, you know, here, my mom says it best. Hi mom, very poor words, no compassion. That's the thing, man. I got no for people that aren't gonna just be able to see the human side of things and uh you know whatever it is it's just a it's a dog it's just it's almost like to, just don't even say anything at all like just yeah. just like I, like you know what i mean like really at that moment it's like it again it's also the most inappropriate moment because it was a man died and like like then you're you're, you're throwing it with the loss too like that's aside from it bro like come on you got to be better than that and that's my honest my honest take on it but um, it's, it's definitely sad because it overshadows what they, you know, with them winning, it really does. It overshadows what they were able to do. And that was defeat Buffalo and be the better team. And that kind of stuff takes away from it. But Hey, that's the kind of clowns that exist. And that's the kind of clowns we don't have room for over here in Buffalo. So with that being said, if you are just now tuning in your live here in the sit down on the built in Buffalo network. Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is, of course, presented by Duff's Famous Wings. Yes, you heard it. Duff's Famous Wings, baby. It is a sauce guy. It is Mafia Montage. Right now, we're discussing the current landscape of the NFL playoffs. There's still some good football to be played. And I'll be the honest, last thing Montage, before we move on, we got to also mention uh, Mahomes, right? He's injured. So how much is that? Oh, yeah. I'm not even done yet. I'm not even done Get in yet. there, like, kid. As far as, Get in as there. Far as, as far as playoff stuff. But no, no you're saying Mahomes is injured. You got to get into that. Yeah, you know, we don't know what his mobility is going to be like. Um, you know, we saw he Cincinnati. Like, he didn't look – I mean, like, I love that he's on there with one leg. What are you doing? 
Yeah. Chan Henney uh, had it a, under control. It's a high you know ankle I mean? sprain. I'm not sure how quickly. I mean, guys typically can't come back from that super oh, quick. It's God, just a tough. Some guys are worried though. Yeah, and he's going to gut through it, and that's fine. I think he's going to play a lot more pocket football. But uh, the Bengals' pass rush is, as we saw, is pretty darn good, and they made a lot of our linemen look like fools on uh, last Sunday. So I think you know you have to be aware of that, and and uh, you know kind of lean, you know, in a putting you know Eli Apple's comments aside and just thing like that, you know, it really feels like the Bengals have the have the momentum going, and um, I just. Don't think the Bengals could get by either Niners or Eagles, whoever shows up there from the NFC. But but I think uh, they have enough to get by the Chiefs. They did it before, obviously, last year. And um, so we'll see. I mean, I, Mahomes going to give it a go. 12-gauge um, here says Kelsey popped up. But he's going to give it to – you know, all these guys are going to play with whatever they got going on. Yeah. So. Especially guys. What like else you got, Kelsey. kid? Um, going back to, like, the Niners-Eagles – it's just it's so crazy to me that Nick Bosa, you know, gets hurt. And he, is he defensive player of the year this year? Quite possibly. Like that's such an elite team over there that like it almost makes you envious because you look at Sam Fran and like, oh man, like Vaughn Miller is like that's who are are supposed to, that's supposed to be our guy, right? But of course he's yeah. older than, than Nick Bosa, but um, then you have like Fred Warner, which is like Tremaine Edmonds, but Fred Warner, honestly, a little bit better in my opinion. Right. But like, I just look at some things over there in San Fran that I, I kind of wish were a little bit instilled into the Buffalo Bills. I, I like that San Fran is always so aggressive and, uh, Philadelphia too. Philadelphia has played some really good football, like just overall good team football, whether they run the football, play pass the football, I really am excited about that NFC championship matchup. I think that that right there quite possibly could be like AFC division around last year, obviously with Chiefs and Bills, um, that type of vibe to it. So I'm still excited, Montage. I, I really don't feel as miserable after this loss as I did last year. Like talking about it today is a little bit different. Um, it took me about three weeks last year, but I just kind of felt like that like they just weren't going to be there anyways, that this team just never really had it. And of course we're going to get to all that and much more. Um, and if you're just not tuning in the comments, guys, we want to know exactly how you feel. This is an open discussion. Let us know how you feel. We're going to get into some of the real stuff, the real, the nitty gritty stuff, the real honest stuff. We're going to point the finger a little bit. We're going to talk about some of the better memories, the better, worst memories, the things that we got to focus on in the off season. And uh, of course, um, much, much more guys. So hit that like and share. And if you're watching on Twitter, retweet, and then come over to YouTube so you can comment with us. It is me. It is Montage. And we are rocking and rolling. So, Montage, let's talk to our next segment here. And then we're going to go to some of our comments here. Bada bing, bada boom. Right? I know this probably feels a little difficult, right? But what are some of the good things that we've seen from this week in the world of sports or the Bills or NFL? And, and Montage, I'll tell you this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... What I'm seeing in the world of sports, and this is just going to be completely off topic. It's not even, it's not even going to be something live, but I'll tell you what, if you are a baseball fan and you don't know anything about no one, Ryan, go watch on Netflix facing no one. After you get done watching the sit down, go watch facing no one. It is one of the best documentaries that really describes just how great of a pitcher no one Ryan was. And Hey, we could all use a little bit of that kind of toughness in life. So that's something I actually sat down and watched last night. Um, and it's just crazy to see a warrior like that can you know pitch in pitch that dominantly as long as he did. 
Um, I know it's completely off topic, but that's something really awesome in the world of sports. Kind of this kind of stuff that I got to watch in order to get me out of my slump when the Bills have these kinds of moments montage. But what do you got for us in bada bing, bada boom? Yeah, I like just seeing, um, you know, I saw a picture of DeMar with the mural that was painted out here in Buffalo, things like that. So, you know, he's looking good. Looks like he's getting out. He was obviously at the game, which was awesome to see. And, um, you know, so I'm just, I'm just happy that, you know, we're at least uh, going to give these guys time now to to get healed up and and see what we got for uh, for next year. And then also uh, the cool thing here in Buffalo is there's still a huge vibe because our hockey team is just yep. on fire right now. And which uh, is why I do have the the Sabers jersey in the backdrop appropriate. And yeah, Josh, so the. Uh, the the goaltending for the Sabers and then um you know just you got Tage Thompson on a huge tear and now Owen Stud. Power has scored three goals in a, in three no. games and just uh it's cool it's cool to see the um you know the Sabers doing well and 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 well enough to be in playoff contention at least this late in the season and you know Tage they're not Thompson. out of it by any by any means and they got a hell of a guy you know leading them in Tage Thompson so he's a force montage and and it's like that team is getting better. They're more exciting. Tage Thompson, the way that he scores the puck, the way that he overall assists goals, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, they need a better goaltender. And that and my buddy uh, Rampart, my buddy Tyler actually said, you know, it's almost like they retired Ryan Miller's Ryan Miller jersey specifically, so maybe they would have um, a better a better goalie in the future, right? Because it's one thing that we're away from. But it's actually going to lead us into our next set here montage, and that's going to be. Forget about it, right? What's one of those things that we've seen in the world of sports? It doesn't matter. And it, that made you just say, forget about it, right? In the worst of ways. So, Montage, I'll start us off here. It's speaking of the Buffalo Sabres, we were just talking about it. Rasmus Dahlin having an elite year. Elite year. Elite year, right? And this kid, we all knew he was going to be elite. Yeah, they said that he was the next best uh, number one overall prospect since Connor McDavid, and he was probably better as a defenseman. The way that this kid has scored the puck and he's been so pivotal in their offense and he's been their only defense, shining moment in their defensive stands, right? This kid's not even an all-star. In the NHL, yeah. where you got, you got, you got, you got sniffy, sniffy Coke, uh, uh, Jackie over there in Vegas, and, and yet Rasmus Dahlin's not an all-star in the NHL this year. Montage, that right there just made me say, ah, forget about it, right? What do you got for me? For sure, yeah. The Eastern Conference having zero, or the uh, Atlantic Division having zero uh, defensemen on their squad, and, and I, I get because of the way the game is played and things uh, for the All Star Game at least that why they might not have selected him. But uh, being the second best defenseman in the league is and not being on a uh, All Star team is pretty ridiculous. So hopefully they change something like that and and maybe make uh, uh, it a requirement to have a position because that's uh, that's just kind of ludicrous. And then. You know, I'm going to stay with the Bills stuff and I'm going to stay with the Mar Hamlin stuff because that's, you know, it's the stuff I consume the most of. And that's uh, fine. Pe people, we got to hear it, about, uh, you know, talking about DeMar having a clone and things like that. And then uh, some Oof. things being started, rumors, just stupid rumors both ways. I mean, there's the DeMar clone thing, the Josh Allen and his business thing. And it's like, man, I get it. People love to have th something to talk about and love the drama and whatnot. But, uh, that stuff's not for me, man. I'd I'd rather just forget about it. So, 
people like to read into stuff way too much. And it definitely is one of those things where they, they like to pick apart moments of greatness. You know, moments with teams that have so much greatness like this, right? They like to have these moments where they can pick them apart. We see it throughout um, all sorts of sports teams, whether it's not even just Buffalo Bills or whether it's football, right? We've seen it basketball, MLB, it doesn't matter. It's definitely disappointing. So I like that montage. And, you know, um, nothing wrong, obviously, with talk about the DeMar Hamlin stuff. You know, that it's, hey, we got to hear it. It's, it's, it's good. It's, it's in the back of our minds constantly. I mean, I'm still thinking about the guy. And I, I, I just think how, how unfortunate it is, montage, that you, you're, you probably don't really feel like ready to talk to the public and all that. And, Yet, you know, people are really questioning it if you're live. Like, come on, man. Come on. I like that. But anyways, if you're just now tuning in, you are tuned in here to the sit-down. It is the Sauce God and Mafia Montage. Of course, this is presented by Duff's Famous Wings. We're live here on the Built to Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Hit that like, share. Hit that retweet on Twitter as well. And follow us as well. Montage, I got a little bit of lag here, my friend. We're going to keep it going here. So, uh, you know, the forget about it. Great. I'm glad, you know, that's that we're going to definitely carry uh, with us for the remainder of our show. I liked having it. Um, I'm not too sure here what's with the connection, but. Um, You're good. Yeah, keep rolling. Anyways, so, uh... Montage, let's go to our next one here because, hey, we got to actually just dive into some of this. And this is going to actually open up the door to a lot of discussions here. Um, whether it's how we feel about the Cincinnati Bengals, whether it's how we feel about you know, the bills, it just overall, we're going to go through a little trip down memory lane and we're going to just start getting a little bit more honest here. So this right here is called let it out. It's going to be naming one of the ugliest memories that you watched on TV and in person for the bills this year. And if you're in the comments, I want to know as well for you and don't just go right to the playoffs, dive in, reflect on this whole season because we got to grab, we got to soak it in montage. Why don't you start us off here, brother? Name one of the ugliest memories you watched on TV and in person for the Buffalo Bills this season. Yeah, uh, you know, we kind of talked about it at length, and I'm I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. Um, but I think that, you know, obviously DeMar Hamlin in person was the ugliest thing I've seen in my one – one of the ugliest things I've seen in my life, so – um, I think it just was, uh, you know, bad. And then, um, you know, as well, I'm going to go with, you know, this playoff game. My uncle came up from North Carolina. You know, I had guys coming. I had a, a, a bigger group than usual for this game coming up. And then the Bills just kind of going out. And, and and that one miss right on the first drive from Allen to Diggs was, was – uh, you know, he's wide open and it's just one of those moments where you're like, okay, this is what today is, you know, the Bengals went down and scored. We go three and out our first drive, um, you know, and it just really felt like, um, you know, in person, that was one of the ugliest things this year is having, you know, more than more people than usual, you know, hyped up for this game, you know, with me at the game and everything. And then uh, people traveling in from out of town and, and just getting that effort or, or getting that result was uh was pretty ugly. And then on TV, I see, I got to give props to a lot of these guys here in the comments. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, fumbling away uh, the Vikings game. 
was a ugly one for for a lot of our folks here in the comments. So I think that's a, a pretty good one uh, for me. I just you know watching um, you know all the injuries really uh, just as a whole. You know, on the, I watched a lot of them on TV. It seemed like, and I just it was a it was an ugly thing to watch. Uh, just key guys like Von Miller and stuff getting hurt, and and just uh, you know that's just yeah. The, overall this season was just it was a really ugly thing to watch uh, all year long both in so for me um and i'll start with i'll start with and and i'll and i'll kind of i'll kind of take the focus away a little bit just to just different moments here but one of the bigger i'm gonna say one of the i'm gonna give you two i'm watching on tv because these are both very significant number one the first game in miami because of how we watch bodies drop, right? And we saw mm -hmm. the heat. And then we saw also what transpired with Tua. And that was all incredibly ugly, like incredibly ugly, even just outside of the Buffalo Bills, right? But it was kind of a moment where we saw some woes, right? And so that trans that, that's going to lead to my next one here, which is the Green Bay game. I know we won that game, but we're supposed to overall – play better and win this game and like really like it's Sunday night football in Buffalo. It's supposed mm -hmm. to be a much different vibe, right? But montage, was it? No, we saw that's when the offense started to have its struggles more consistently. And that's when the question marks started to arise. That's when the turnovers started to happen. That's when that whole mid season thing happened. So that's for me, the ugliest things that I saw on TV Especially um, coming out of, of a bye week, week right? Because we were like, oh, we're coming out of a bye week. It's Sunday night and football in Buffalo. Dude, we're gonna roll like, these guys. They're they're they were sputtering so bad too, right? Green Bay. So it's like, oh also man, we, we want to put you these know, guys away huge, and we just didn't, you know. He's like, you know, a chance to defeat three former MVPs in the same season or whatever. Like, and and yeah, we win the game, but like mm, that's when right then yeah. and then you know, we saw some issues defensively too, sure, but like all right, so then going into in person, one thousand percent for me, and and I love that we're doing this because honestly, bro, I like to just I like to giggle about it now. But um, and if I, again, if my connection it gets a little tight here, my my apologies. But the Vikings game because I was in the corner of the end zone, I had my phone out. And I, I got like, I'm ready to, you know, capture Josh Allen throwing a game winning touchdown in overtime. My first ever overtime experience at one bills drive. Um, and, and my first time watching with Brad, shout out to Brad out in Florida, of course, Bradley Peg. Um, like that was a cool experience being there with him. Yeah. You know, Cause I never actually got to watch a football game with him. And he's, he's one of my closer friends. One of the people I know that loves bills football and I'm right there filming and boom, it's an interception. Dude, the phone, I don't care how much this phone was. It dropped, dropped, dropped. And I sat, like I said, I've talked about it before, but I sat in my freaking, in my, my fucking chair. I sat like like a player in the locker room for like 20 minutes. I just couldn't move. It's like, what the, dude, I probably, you guys want to talk about going from saucy to just sober? Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Until I obviously passed out in the back seat and shout out to Steve Meyer because we pulled over in time so I could pee. Uh, thank God. But montage, I mean, hey, that's what we got to talk about. We got to discuss the ugly moments because we can't have these ugly moments 
as many times as we have, right, going into the next season. So it's important to discuss it. It's important to address it. You know, it's never a good thing to bury the, the you know, the skeletons in the closet. You want to just take it head on. So, Montage, what do we got out there in comments? What are people saying? I know people are saying the, the, the Vikings game, but what else? Anything different? Yeah, they said, uh, yeah, T's out here. Appreciate you, T. Jets game, uh, Davis dropped the ball. Um, he had a, you know, a lot of ugly drops throughout the year. So, obviously, that's uh, one of the things that was difficult to watch. And I watched, I think, more drops on TV than what I noticed maybe more in person. Uh, I went I went to a handful of games this year. I went to the playoff games and maybe five or six uh, regular season games. So it was, uh, you know, a lot in person. Uh, the, the Mike White getting drilled by Matt Milano was, uh, was kind of pretty to see at the same time. Um, not not uh, great to see a guy get injured, but uh, man, just a, a great form tackle and just absolute uh spear uh that goldberg the old wwe wrestler would be proud of right so uh we're really wcw but yeah so uh you know that, that hit on mike white was absolutely incredible and and super ugly from from an injury standpoint but but uh really uh something that you're like hey this is a form tackle you just absolutely jump right through a guy so um you know and then i i agree with roy it seemed like every game was kind of ugly in one way or another we kind of it just we there lot. were dog fights when there weren't supposed to be dog fights yeah and i get it's the nfl like we said you know we got guys banged up and all this like, stuff and i get it but it's like man we beat, we're the we beat super the bowl favorite the steers, but we beat the piss out the steers but even that game it felt like it almost almost like the uh -uh, we're about to screw like kenny pickett tosses 300 mm -hmm. come on it there were a lot of just woes man like it just Ah, that's the thing, man. It's like you got to piece it all together. You got to keep yeah. the outside noise quiet, and you got to try to not have all this chatter about this. I mean, like, just come show up and do your job. I feel like guys just didn't do their job incredibly well this year. Like, it almost felt like maybe we got – maybe montage, maybe we got a little complacent. Maybe we got a little – uh, you know, we we're the best team in football kind of attitude. Maybe even us Bills fans, really. Like, I, I love – I'm the most optimistic. You know me. I'm the most optimistic. But, like, maybe we really just overestimated some of the areas, of course. You know, yes, a lot of injuries and stuff like that too. But, you know, you could say it's part of the game. And, huh, man, there's just overall – there were things that just this, – this season we win 13 games. But last season's 11 games, it felt like we at least earned it a little bit differently. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the year before, obviously, was a much different story, too. Our offense didn't have woes. But, of course, could that be attributed to coaching, players? We're going to discuss all that and much more. But if you're just not tuning in, you're live here in the sit-down on the Build the Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This, of course, presented by Duff's Famous Wings and Build the Buffalo is in partnership with PLB Sports, Picasso's Pizza, Ticket IQ, and West Her. And I'll tell you, Montage, uh, I got to get me some Duff's ASAP Rocky, right? Because, hey, yeah, that's the things that get me nice and vibe, some right? Chicks and wings, man. I've, I got to get over there next week. Or, uh, let's, we should do it. We should do I'm it. I'm going it's to like Michigan that. next week, so it'll be the week after when I get back. Maybe we'll go for the Super Bowl or something like that. You know, who knows? Who knows? We, yeah, hey, we don't. 
But of course, if you are just now tuning in, hit that like and share. Join us in the comments. If you're watching on Twitter, hit the retweet and join us on over on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Hit the like button on Facebook. Hit the follow button on Twitter. Do all the above. Turn the notifications on too if you don't already have that setting already enabled because, hey, you don't want to miss when myself and Montage go live Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, right? You don't want to miss any of the live shows, any of the other content that we got coming 24-7. Built in Buffalo is your source, baby. So getting on it now, and, hey, we've got giveaways. We've got merch. We've got all that stuff and much more. So Montage, is there any reason not to just, you know, Say built in Buffalo is the move, you know, right? It's the best, brother. Oh, yeah. So, of course, hey, we're having discussions here. It's a little unfiltered. This is kind of a, a little bit of an a, an untraditional show in a sense because Montage and I are kind of just, dis- I think more so we're ditching the the show aspect of this and we're just kind of talking. And this oh, yeah. is a this is the kinds of discussions that Montage and I actually waited to have until tonight for this purpose because it's tough. Well, let's go on to something more positive montage. And I want you guys out in the comments as well. Let us know. And this right here is, hey, even though they break our hearts, right, why do we always love our team? Let's talk about some of the best moments this year on both in-person moments and, of course, on TV as well, montage. Now, you want me to start this one off or or you yeah, want to? Let me know what you what think you for your uh, best moments. Right, in well, person, it, it had to have been the game. Brings, it, if it brings a tear to your eye, you know what I mean? Then by all means, that you know, it's okay. My, I, I made him cry. Everybody heard it here first. Um, I'm a sensitive so man. the best moment on TV, it definitely had to be oh, man. I honestly, the best moment on TV by far was the second Miami game in Buffalo. Um, not the second one in Buffalo, but the second, the 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 final, the conclusion to our uh, regular season matchups. Um, the way that fourth quarter game is tied, snow's coming down, and Josh Allen's got the football, and he just looks. Everybody's throwing snowballs. That was the most Buffalo moment of my entire life, I think. So like. That's kind of why I don't feel as sad about the season because I have moments like that. Like that was so special. What I saw Bills Mafia do this year with with the snowstorm and and all that like is incredible. And it's like it brings it brings a lot of uh, it brings a, I might not make myself want to tear up here, but it brings a lot of emotion to me because Buffalo obviously and Western New York suffered so much heartbreak and tragedy. Man, I can't even begin to get into that. Right, but. Those moments, man, just uh, you appreciate the tradition that exists here in Western New York, and it might not always be the best. It might not be the newest. It might not be the freshest, but I'll tell you what, it is one of the realest places there is, and it's such a wonderful, wonderful community to be a part of, and it's, it's the best fan base to be a part of. So that that's what that that's the kind of what that did for me. But in-person montage, it definitely had to be um, – it definitely had to be me and you going to that first that, that home opener, bro, because that was the chance for me and you to actually bond at a Bills game, which to me is a sacred thing. And, you know, like we had the best of times. Um meeting up with obviously P uh I'm sorry, Tampa Neal and and Epic B was awesome and everything like that. But you know that in that atmosphere that we experienced that day was it was just second to none. The energy mm-hmm. that was there, I don't think. I don't think the energy could not have powered an entire city. It was that powerful. It was just so powerful, dude. And like Marv Levy with Jim Kelly, the way that they led the charge, 
that stuff to me was so incredible as the first home, you know, the home opening game in response to everything that had already gone down in Buffalo. Um, man, choose love. That's kind of why I got that in the background today, because of course, you know, we got those there and uh, that message is powerful montage. So I want to say love you, brother. I appreciate that. That was definitely one of uh, overall <laughs> two, of, two of my favorite moments in my life right there, man. Yeah, so absolutely. No, right back at you. And I, it's tough for me to pick uh, any one moment because I had such a uh, great time this year um, enjoying the season, enjoying the moment. I got to go to the season opener out in L.A. Um, I was with a, a colleague out there um, who, you know, is from California. So, you know, he bet me 100 bucks, and I was gladly going to take that. And, uh, you know, and it was just the Bills backers. Um, out there in South Bay and LA did such a great job. They threw an amazing tailgate. Um, they threw an amazing party the night before the game. I uh, was able to meet up with some guys uh, from Arizona as well. And the uh, funny thing is I was, I was with one of the guys that owns uh, Torch Cigar Bar out in uh, Arizona there um, near Phoenix. And uh, great guy. I was actually at his bar for one of the Bills games in uh, 2021, or I can't remember exactly which game it was. It might have been the playoff game even because I, I know they lost. But uh, so, you know, it's just kind of a, a surreal thing to, you know, just hook up with such great fans and, and backers and all these things. Um, you know, the backers um, down in Cincinnati did a great job uh, putting on a tailgate there. So I was able to see some really cool – um, you know, Bills Mafia traveling um, and some tailgating. Uh, the Miami game at home in Buffalo was just one of the best games I've been to from start to finish. You had a lot of stuff going on at that Miami game. And uh, it was it was fantastic uh, environment. Um, obviously, the game we went to was great because we got to just ex- we got to meet um, our each other again, you know, and, and, and have a great time and then also meet up with, uh, some of the built in Buffalo colleagues. So just, just a really cool, uh, experience in person this year. I had a lot of cool experiences, went to the green Bay game with a couple of good friends, um, husband and wife, the wife's a green Bay fan, the husband's an Eagle fan. So he's, uh, licking his chops for tomorrow's game, but, uh, you know, came out on top and, and I really liked, um, uh, you know, just enjoying it with all the, with all the mafia. Um, that's really what I love about the Bills, the Bills uh, organization and, and fans is just all the relationships you build, all the connections you build with people. And uh, that's that's what I really uh, live for is is the connection with other human beings. And that's, you know, not to get corny, but that's that was no, really enjoyable true. this year, I think. Uh, and then on in, you know, on TV, I think, you know, people are saying the 98 yard to Davis was incredible. Yeah. It just started jumping out of my seat when that happened um, here at home. And, uh, you know, even though it wasn't uh, the greatest uh, ending, you know, I went to the um, uh, North Star Cafe out in uh, San Francisco to meet up with some backers out there and watch the Minnesota game. And, um, you know, we, we, we had a great time. We were winning at the time I left, you know, and I broke the Cardinal rule of leaving a spot oh, you know? i didn't even know that you never told me yeah. that Uh-oh. i went back to my hotel room i was kind of i was kind of gassed from from a week of work and, things, and i just uh 
you know, went back to the hotel room. And you got didn't a little tell complacent. me yet, sir. Now yep. I know the real reason that we yep. lost. See? Okay. I got, I, right. I'm the one that got it. I'm fucked it up, guys. Yep. Nah. So, just um, just you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, I, I think that, uh, I've done it too. Yeah. I'm guilty. It's, uh, one of those, I never, I, I love really, you. I really never do that. And I just, I did. And, uh, you know, I kicked myself for it, but I uh, knew what I did. <laughs> yeah. So, well, of course, if you knew what you did, then you might as well hit that like and share because we're live here in the sit down discussing some of our best moments, of course, of this Buffalo Bills season that ultimately is a failure and a disappointment. Sure. But there are good things to take away from any situation in life, negative or positive. So me, I'm a person and just does, does nothing but encourage positive environments for people and, and positive thinking and positive Hey, how do we take, what do we take away from this? So montage, let's check in with some more of the comments real fast before we move on here, because, Hey, we're going to start getting to actually talking some of the things that the Buffalo Bills maybe actually got to take more of a look at here, my friend. Yeah. I'm saving some of the comments just so you guys know. So if you'd asked a question and kind of talking about different things about the off season and stuff like that, I haven't displayed them yet. And I'm going to bring them up once we're in the, um, once we're in the right segments for those things to be brought up. So, um, you know, I think I, as you were talking, I brought up some of them, but, uh, uh, why I really liked the, the mono hit on white, which we said was, was not, was pretty ugly from an injury standpoint, but, uh, T's coming in saying anytime we beat new England, uh, you know, amen to that. And, um, you know, these guys are, uh, tuning in about the Heinz return for a touchdown. Here's Roy and Joe. Um, I mean, that was incredible. I was in the stands for that. It was just amazing. And then uh, the 98-yard pass um, to Davis. So, so really cool um, moments throughout the whole. Man, it was just a great year, right? We had 13 and and three, and um, you know, obviously a ton of adversity for the adversity for the city and the team with the different things that went on. But uh, overall, just a ton of great times, and and uh, it was such a roller coaster, you know, the ups and downs, and and uh, you know, it was just a great time to. I think that kind of brings people uh, uh, even closer, though, and it's nice to connect with a bunch of people this year. And I look forward to to building those connections and, and keep keeping, you know, keep getting more and more. And uh, you know, that's why we love the mafia. And we'll get we some of that, of course. We'll get some more of that too, of course. Um, but of course, let's move on to our next segment here. I love that I say, of course, too many times. Um, we're gonna move to our next one here. Let's finger. And that was, and I want to know all you guys out there in the comments as well, right? I want to know what all you guys out there as well think. What was our weakest link? Now, we've had a segment here in the sit-down, and it's been about the weakest link of montage. Those ain't in the Super Bowl, right? So, ultimately, what was our weakest link for the Buffalo Bills? Was it coach? Was it certain players? Was it certain position groups i don't know you tell me montage start us off here in the comments let us know as well because we want to know what you out there in bills mafia you want to tell the bills what's the weakest link in the yeah i think this year uh, the weakest link overall was definitely the line of scrimmage um as a whole the offensive line uh performed poorly at the beginning of the year getting the run game going when people wanted it to Son of a bitch, and you stole mine. they kind of got the uh, run game going towards the end of the year but uh well you had to know it was coming i'm gonna always focus on the linemen but uh even 
once uh even i don't know even before von miller went down really we could talk a little bit more about the defensive line too it's like you know these guys weren't generating a huge pass rush consistently they had moments where you know von miller took over and he definitely had his time and and they were cons they were okay enough to kind of uh you know f shift our focus onto some other things that were lacking or, or more lacking you know when we were doing some criticism of the team but but at the end of the day you know i think that the um the coat the the scheme my biggest my biggest complaint is that the scheme on offense from ken dorsey and josh allen and those things is they didn't execute they either didn't execute what they were calling or they weren't calling the right things because there was no reason when your offensive line is getting beat that bad to continuously call plays where josh allen has to hold the ball and let things develop down the field um it's just from a from a strategic and that's what's so you were mentioning um when we were talking about the playoffs earlier the the niners it's so frustrating to watch kyle shanahan have a, a mr irrelevant rookie come in there and the offense doesn't seem to miss a beat it doesn't seem like anything's wrong and now i know they're um you know trey lance is kind of uh unproven yet and garoppolo isn't hasn't had the greatest track record yet but you know it's just one of those things where it comes down to scheme and you know i think that people who are getting on the offensive linemen which yes they did a terrible job at executing what the coaches asked them to execute but the coaches never adjusted to that and said hey they can't execute it let's call something that doesn't make them execute that or or you know shifts the the focus away from that area you know call, call a a quick screen call a slant call something a play action bootleg anything to the side that you can trust you know load it up um you saw bobby hart reporting eligible a ton of times in there and you know it's just like i get eventually you have to try to drop back and, and throw something deep but um you know i think they just went to the well too many times and i'm not sure who to, is to blame for that and i'm not taking anything away from josh allen he is great i said it all year I think he's one of the best. I think he's the best player in the NFL. And unfortunately, you know, some of that got knocked down a peg because he just didn't get it done. But I just don't think he was put in the position to fully succeed. And that that's on the coaches. And that's where, um, you know, I think I wind up is like, we got to have something here uh, to help our guys. We got arguably one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the game, potentially with his skill set making plays and, and throws um, the way he can, and we can't get him into a successful situation. Now, I get it. We won 13 games, and but at the end of the day, you know, we, we came out against Cincinnati and got absolutely rolled, and it just, it's unfortunate. I, I don't think that that's um, really telling for the whole year just because we got that performance against Cincinnati, but it kind of shows, like, a lot of the criticism we had and a lot of the reason why we had to dogfight every game was because, you know, guys, we're just not doing what we could to be successful consistently enough. We were just trying so many things and I get it. First year coordinator, he wants to try these things or Josh Allen, maybe he was trying these things. Maybe, you know, digs in his ear. He wants to hold it and try to get it to him. I don't know. But uh, just one of those things is we got to stop holding the ball too long 
and putting so much stress on our offensive line because the offensive linemen we have and the offensive line we're probably going to have next year just isn't going to be built um, to handle that kind of stress. And I just don't think that um, that's something that we can uh, continue to do. So there needs to be some some change of philosophy, I think, uh, this offseason. And I, I'm just hoping because the, the offensive scheme to me um, and a lot of times was so heavily reliant on Josh Allen being able to make plays. And this offensive line uh, couldn't consistently allow him to make those plays. Long answer, or short answer long, that's uh, what we just like. Montage, I like it. Of course, we're going to check in with the Cowboys here just uh, in a brief moment. But Montage, I mean, you really summed it up well. It's just, I haven't really known where to play Which 
it kind of what I was talking about earlier with some friends was like, you know, are the Bengals really this good? Or are they just lucky to have all these rookie contracts, this kind of stuff. But <clears throat> the offensive line montage, just the fact that Josh was under fire so much, he never made his reads the, the, the consistent way that we're accustomed to seeing. So he never really looked like Josh. Like he looked like Josh, but like never looked like Josh. You know what I mean? Like, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. And and maybe he was a clone. Maybe, but I just think it's it's really tough to put all of them on them. Yeah, but like, dude, come on, Roger Saffold, no good signing. It just we need you look at San Fran. They have Taron Armstead. I'm sorry, not Taron Armstead. They have Trent Trent Williams, uh, one of the best tackles in football. Taron Armstead is with the Dolphins. Uh, you, you look at any. Brady team. He's always had really good offensive linemen when he's successful. Same thing with Rodgers. It's it's so essential. I know that we're blessed that Allen can run the football and he's physical and he can escape. But how many times are we this year? Did we kind of like hold our breath watching it because we're scared he's going to get annihilated? And it happened a lot more like frequently that he was under fire to so freaking much. And that for me is why I think that that's the weakest link. And I don't necessarily give up on Ken Dorsey yet. Um, and, and I'll talk about that why here in just a moment. But Montage, let's bring up some more of the comments. What do people in the comments think our weakest link was? Yeah, there's some comments here about, uh, you know, coaching um, and, and McDermott's uh, capabilities. Um, and, you know, what I don't quite understand Wayne's point here because uh, the salary cap isn't anything to do with McDermott. That's a bean thing. But um, if they don't win the East, I'll be surprised. Yeah, I, I figured. You well, some people don't know. We're here to we're here to we're yep. here to educate. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I think that you know the the salary cap thing, um, you know, is is on Bean, and I think we have um, a good foundation, and that's what you need, and then you need to fill around it. So when you talk about and this kind of uh, gets into this this discussion about is Cincinnati really good or in that whole thing that you were just talking about with your friends, right? Is that we have a good foundation. We have Allen and Diggs on offense with Deion Dawkins and Dawson Knox, whether you like it or not, is there, okay? So those are pieces we could win with. We just need to use them the right way, right? And that's where the coaching comes in. And then you have a defense that is pretty stout. You've got a defense littered with first round and second round early second round picks and things you know these guys are going to have to perform and i don't know if they will but when you have two solid corners and and even you don't know what benford's gonna um turn into but you know micah hyde coming back so our secondary is sound if we keep it intact and who knows if trey white uh remains here because you know, Bean says we have a lot to do to get under the cap. And, and don't be surprised if some of these guys, you know, you hear out there, um, a lot of people clamoring about Ed Oliver maybe being moved because we're just not going to be able to afford to pay him. Well, you may want to look at um, someone, do they think they could move on from Trey White? I'm not sure. So it's one of those things where, you know, you need to um, be realistic with this team. I think. Brandon Bean's going to have a lot of difficult decisions and, you know, we're, we're unfortunately probably going to have to part ways with some guys. Um, yeah, you know, so a lot of comments well, here about 
Jordan Poyer. I think let's let's get, know, let's we'll keep, let's that. stay with the comments here a little bit. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, cryptic tweets from Poyer and his wife worry me. So yeah, I mean, I think that's exactly right. I don't think that Poyer's going to be back. We can't keep everybody. We can't keep spending money. Um, you know, here's the same thing. We we are going to lose Poyer, but I mean, keep you know having um, is going to be a big thing. We may have a new uh, safety next year. There's talk about moving Benford there. So I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but, um, you know, that's going to be, uh, one of those things. And, uh, another comment about any way we can get Hopkins, not likely unless he restructures his deal. Um, you know, and that's oh, the same. Oh, that'd be, that, 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 that would be that. sick. I mean, I don't think that people are going to, I don't think the offense line is going to matter at that point when we get, uh, Hopkins. So, um, and I, I've been saving these comments guys. I you know that you probably made them a few minutes back, but I wanted to save them for now to be able to talk through uh, this segment here. And um, yeah, of course, Hey, we have a lot of McCaffrey. comments. And I just want to say too, that if you're watching on YouTube, that super chats are prioritized. I'm just saying, I'm not, Hey, you know, it is a little cool feature that you can do. Um, we have a lot of comments. We want to get to as many of them as we can. Of course, we're live here on the sit down on the built of Buffalo networks, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter It is myself, the Buffalo sauce guy. And Mafia Montage right now, and we are discussing what is the weakest link of the Buffalo Bills this season and what you guys out there in Bills Mafia think. So, overall, it seems like, you know, just it seems like we all have a consensus. We all know what the problem is, and we should all understand that it's not Josh. It's not Stephon Diggs. It's not his attitude. It's not that kind of stuff. Injuries had a lot to do with it, too, guys. Like, I'm not the one to make excuses, but it had a lot to do with a lot of things that happened this year. Um, but again, this is going to lead us, uh, lead us to our next segment here, Montage. But uh, before we do that, let's take another comment here first. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight this one too. Yeah, of course uh, not. You know, I think that, you know, David's on to something here. You know, I think that um, certainly the weather affected stuff. It affected the players. And, and you know, the thing is, though, that Cincinnati had to perform on the same conditions. You know, so and I that's think that, that's my um, that's my thinking. You know, and they did, and we didn't. So I mean, that's why I don't talk about the weather there because Cincinnati was in the same weather, the same field, and they did just fine. Um, it was really just the first two drives they came out and shoved it in the end zone, and that was enough to put the game away. I mean, they didn't need anything else. Two yeah, drives, I mean, and that was before the snow really ended up coming down. So. And and it's just like it, it, guys. It's it's not. We've seen he can throw the football in weather. We've seen he could. It just it just doesn't have a factor the way. It, dude, we just lost to the team that played better, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. we didn't play as a a team that was prepared to play a playoff game at home in the divisional round of the AFC playoffs. Um. So that's kind of where I, I look at that, right? But Josh can play in anything. Again, guys, let's just let's just let's keep some let's let's put the system around them and keep the right pieces and let's try to continue to build ourselves for the future as well but we got to at least win so we've got to make some moves we got to definitely do the right things and yeah it's going to be some tough decisions and some unpopular decisions with the fan base and with Mm -hmm. certain people and i understand it dude like that's the part about the nfl that is a bitch it's a business and there's a salary cap. And, hey, we have to pay higher ticket prices to pay for Josh Allen's contract and stuff like that. Pay for stadiums. That kind of stuff. Right? So, overall here, Montage, 
I tell you what, man, we've, we've got the quarterback that, that anybody would die for. You know what I mean? Anybody in the NFL, I don't care if they say not, it's just because they're hating it. They really had a choice right now. Would you take Josh Allen as your starting quarterback? Like they had no other choice. Like, like, Bada bing, they're going to take it every single time. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. we It's our world. And we know that Stephon Diggs is a dog. We know we have some talent. We got great coaching and Sean McDermott, everything that he's instilled with us. But, yeah, like I think that we need some different assistant coaching, uh, possibly. And we're going to discuss that here next. Of course, we're live here in the sit-down on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And, of course, Built in Buffalo is in partnership with Underdog Fantasy, BLB Sports, Picasso's Pizza, Western New York Ticket IQ. And, of course, the sit-down is presented by Dove's Famous Wings, the best chicken wing there is. So, Montage, let's go to this right here, my friend. This is the one that everybody in Bill's Mafia is talking about. Everybody in the media that talks about it is, do we want Dorsey and Frazier to return for next season? Now, both of them, I believe, I don't know about Frazier, but I do know that Dorsey, I, I believe, interviewed for a head coaching position. I don't know. But at this point, now we're wondering, do we want to even retain them? Do we want to bring them back? Montage, start us off here. Um, and also in the comments, guys, just let it free. Don't use anything hateful as far as speech, but let it fly. Let us know. Yeah, I don't want either of them back, I don't think, uh, next year. But I know they're both likely to be back. And that's so I'm trying to kind of get myself on board with it and talk myself into like, oh, yeah, we could do this with them. And I just um, Dorsey's first year. So I can get myself into bringing him back. And hopefully he and Josh can discuss things and and get through to to a to a better place and understand where they uh lacked in the offense and things like that um obviously personnel coming out is going to be a huge uh game changer in both these guys schemes they're not going to be able to do the same things maybe they were able to do with the players they had these past three years and um you're not potentially going to have uh poyer edmonds oliver these kind of guys all at your disposal to on defense. And then, um, you know, I'm not sure what the offense is going to look like it either, because you don't know, um, obviously motor is a free agent here um, because of the cap situation. We may need to move on for some uh, guys like Hines or McKenzie. Right. So um, they're both coming. Yeah. I mean, Roy says here, you know, I think they're both coming back um, as far as we know, and there's no, you know, they're not, really a candidate anymore. I think Carolina was the one interview that maybe Dorsey had, but obviously with uh, the Frank Reich hiring today, yeah. um, and, that, you yeah. know, they're, they're basically not going to take a they got lateral themselves move. A good head coach. They're not going to take a horizontal move where, um, you know, they're going offense coordinator from one team to another, in my opinion. So uh, if they, I think if they would have been fired, they would have already been fired uh, by now. So at this point, we're going to assume both of them are coming back, but uh, I mean, unless they're really willing to change what the heck they were doing this year, um, especially in the playoffs, then then I would say no. I don't necessarily want them back. Now, um, we'll take the comments here, and just after I give my take here, because I I think that Leslie Frazier should be gone. I think at moments where not aggressive enough. We're, I don't know. We're just not playing 
it feels like we're wide open on defense at times. And then it feels like we could tighten up too quickly. Like I feel like we should just at least be a more, it should be a more clean game for us defensively. And Leslie Frazier's had his time here. And I think it's time to maybe look elsewhere for as, as far as our defensive coordinator. Now it's tough with me with Dorsey because again, I look at Brian Dable. I look at, what it takes to have success in the NFL is usually going to be having continuity and having the chance to see your vision come to fruition. Um, Ken Dorsey, man, there's times that we, we, we loved it. You know, like, Hey, we're playing good. Things clicked at times. Right. Um, I think that his fire was really, it, it was really a great thing to see too. That's something I liked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, his relationship with Josh, as far as I know, that's good. So right there, it kind of makes it tough for me to say by Ken Dorsey, at least I think another year, but then you, you say to yourself, well, you don't want to waste another year, but really who are you going to bring in an offensive coordinator that is going to just change everything that drastically? There's other, other issues that need to be fixed. And yeah. Yeah, he's a first-year offensive coordinator. Like he's got to figure out his way of play. It's 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 a different ball game being a quarterbacks coach. You know what I mean? So he has he has the tools, he has the intangibles, he's got the pieces, but he's got to make it come to life. And Brian Dable, um, everybody said you know Brian Dable helps you know minimize minimize your turnovers. Well, Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator last year. Josh had quite a few interceptions, and everybody yelled about as well. So. Danny Jones really not turning the fall over was because they ran the football a lot and they ran the football with him and Saquon Barkley. So the narrative that Brian Dable was like the reason that he had lower turnovers, that's false. Mm. It has nothing right. to do with that. It has, it has nothing to do with that. So Ken Dorsey for me. execution of the offense. And, and yeah, and Ken Dorsey needs, needs a chance to figure it out. You know, not everybody gets it right away. And, Hey, at least at times it looked like we got it right, but you want to see a four quarter well oiled machine similar to what the Philadelphia Eagles do because I feel like we had the talent and everything. If we could have that type of, of you know, fluidity, that's a Super Bowl team right there, right? So, again, Frazier, I love you, buddy. I appreciate everything you've done, but I wouldn't mind if, if you, you got let go and you took a job somewhere else. And Ken Dorsey, I'd like to see you back next year, but this is, uh, so make or break year. And so montage, let's go to some of the comments, my friend. Let's see what the people are saying here in Bill's Mafia as far as Ken Dorsey and Leslie Frazier, if we want them or one of yeah, the I like this of them. Comment. I don't know if you have a uh, a guy in mind at all. Um, we talked about this a little bit in the built-in Buffalo chat about who you'd replace either guy with. Um, you know, I think that the um, the defensive side, I know Vic Fangio's out there. Um I'm just trying to look up a few of the things that a few of the guys that may be available on the offensive side. Um, you got guys like uh, Brian Johnson from the Eagles quarterback coach um, and Chris Forster from the Niners as the offensive line coach and run game coordinator. Those are guys that would come in from systems under coaches that you'd really love to see implemented with Josh Allen running because if you can have any iteration kind of, of what's going on in San Fran or Philadelphia here with Josh Allen in it, I think that 
gives you an amazing chance to be successful. Um, Roy says he wasn't on the Dorsey train when they gave him the job. I was. I was beating the I mean, table, beating the, the drum, trying to get Dorsey in because Allen wanted him. That's all I cared about, really, because I thought that they would An be smarter. An in-house guy together. at that point, too. Yeah, I thought it would just keep rolling and that the offense would be basically unchanged and we would be nearly unstoppable with that combination. And it just didn't come to fruition at the end of the day. Like they didn't work together to adapt to what they were seeing on the field. Um, they continued to hold the, you know, whether it was Josh holding the ball himself or Dorsey calling the plays that, you know, caused them to hold the ball. I don't know. I, you know, part of me puts some of this on Josh and that's the reason why I want Dorsey. I don't mind the idea of Dorsey potentially coming back next year, but it's got to change. You got to be adaptive to what you have personnel wise. You can't just assume all these guys are going to win their one-on-one -on -one battles consistently enough to be successful. And that's what they did. And kudos to them putting it on their guys saying, look, we're going to go out there and you got to win your matchups for us to be successful. And the guys are like, Oh yeah, we're, we can do that. Sure. And they didn't, they couldn't. So uh, that, that's where I'm kind of torn on this question is that they were very good at letting their guys go out there and, and play and give them the chance to win. But they never changed once the guys, you know, I mean, the guys just weren't consistently winning. You got to change something up and maybe it was too little too late um, before they could do that in the Cincinnati game. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, that's just a frustrating thing with these guys is that they didn't seem to recognize their uh, faults and they, they really, put it on the players to to execute the scheme and just didn't happen. Amen to that. So montage, I love it. Of course, if you're just not tuning in, hit that like and share and hit the comment button and join in on the discussion right now. We are talking the heartbreaking stuff, the tough stuff, but now we're going to move on montage to a little something different here, my friend. And that would be what would you make the number one focus in the off season right now? Of course, in the comments, let us know what you think as well. Um, you could say something like draft, you know, you could talk about certain, Hey, we got to address this position and montage. I'll tell you right here. My number one focus is get healthy and get mm -hmm. an offensive line, get yeah. an offensive line. Now, as far as future contracts and all that stuff, I want to say this right now that we're going to have all that kind of discussions in our Saturday night show here in the sit down. As usual, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Built-in Buffalo Network live. Um, we're going to have discussions about, you know, position-wise, the, the salary cap and what players we might not be able to re-sign, what players we have to re-sign. We'll get into all that stuff, guys, in, in the coming weeks. But number one focus overall montage for you for this Buffalo Bills heading into the uh, – Buffalo Bills team heading into the offseason. I wasn't even really thinking about uh, kind of getting healthy. That's a good – good. Um... I, I think the number one focus this offseason, uh, for me, I'm looking at it a little bit deeper maybe than just saying rebuild. The, it's put this – this is the year we need to put the team in position to be a successful team and consistently win because the decisions that, ha that are made this offseason are either going to do what – 
some folks were commenting about here and cause us to not win the division next year and potentially miss the playoffs, or they're going to catapult this franchise forward into a consistent contender for a championship. This is where these guys got to make their hay because this is what we paid them to do. It was easy to come in with a blank slate, fire everybody, cut everybody, get your own guys in here, get a lot of contracts that were, you know, rookie deals and things. Well, now we've got a core and they're expensive because they're good players. So now what pieces are you going to keep in place and what pieces do you value to utilize? You got guys like Dawson Knox. People, I don't know why people knock Dawson Knox. If someone's going to give you that kind of money, of course he's going to take it. Like, and they didn't use him. So what? That's not on Knox. I mean, you know, I don't know why guys can continuously bring that up, but we got to give our money to the right guys that are going to help us succeed. And I think that there needs to be some hard discussions between these coordinators, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, to say what are you guys looking to do scheme wise moving forward and what what pieces do we absolutely need for that to be effective because i'm Montage. telling you right now they're not going to get rid of Tremaine Edmonds they're not i'm i'm telling no. you they're not going to get rid of Tremaine Edmonds they love him he's, he's still really young and they he's going to be back Frazier loves him McDermott loves him so you know whatever they have to do I think he is a big part of what they want to do schematically. And that's what you have to look at. What guys are you going to strategically use schematically in this system? Because whether Frazier's here or not, McDermott has is the defensive coordinator. He's the defensive coach as a head coach. He says it's Leslie Frazier's scheme, and it is. And Frazier brings a hell of a lot of experience to that position. But at the end of the day, it's not going to change much no matter who the defensive coordinator comes in. Um, you know, so yeah, Roy, I know the money's starting to kick in. So we've got to make that decision for, for this year. This is the com coming season where all this money is now kicking in. And, um, so this is where this, this number one focus is setting, you know, having the difficult discussions and setting the table for this team to be a contender for years to come. Amen to that. Montage. I love it, brother. And of course, I love everybody in the comments so far. What we've had is nonstop great stuff. This Buffalo Bills team definitely has its gaps. And hey, we know that. But that's what great Francis do is they they go to the drawing board and they figure it out. So with that being said, Montage, let's go to a, a little uh, a little bit of positivity here before we get to our final few segments here for uh, tonight's episode of the sit down. Of course, presented by Duff's Famous Wings here live on the Built in Buffalo Networks, Facebook, YouTube and Twitter. So Montage. Go ahead, give a, a message to the team before the offseason begins. Yeah, you know, the big message is go out there, take care of your bodies, and really get yourself in a good spot both mentally and physically to come back and and win this thing next year because, boy, Bill's Mafia really, really needs a, a good season next year, and we're going to need everybody at their best. And so, you know, just uh, one hell of a season. You know, obviously winning 13 games is is no – uh, easy task. So just go out there. Um, you got to give 110% as Brandon Frazier said in bedazzled and, uh, you know, really take care of yourself. Just, uh, yeah, I agree. Roy says he's just a fan and not smart enough to make what, what, uh, beans has to make for decisions. So sorry, I got derailed on that comment. That's a good one. So, you know, just go out there, you know, really need to take care of yourselves and, and let's, uh, come back and have a healthy, 
2023, um, you know, kind of along the lines of what you were saying there, Sauce Gun. So my message here to the team before the offseason begins is, you know, go get healthy, go focus on your own lives and go enjoy your, you know, your time off because it is a, it is a grueling season. It is definitely brutal. And I know, um, how that could be physically and mentally. So guys go do what you have to have to do, you know, be responsible, be safe. And remember that, you know, your team is your family and, and that we here in Bill's Mafia love every single one of you guys. And we definitely appreciate, you know, the season regardless of, of the outcome. And we appreciate the way that you guys responded in the face of tragedy and in the face of some really tough moments. And, and that kind of gives us here in Bill's Mafia a reason to definitely, um, to definitely still have hope and definitely still have some positivity going forward because we see how to respond and how we can come together. And that's what this Bills team has got to do. And that's what, Hey boys, you got to do that. So, Hey, get to the weight room, get conditioned, come back next season, hungry, but come next season with just a quiet mindset. I'm telling you, I don't want to hear any noise about this team next year. I don't care how good we are. I don't how care how talented we haven't gotten the job done yet, so we got to go get the job done before we can start talking like that. So let's go get the job done. And it starts today, baby. Bill's Mafia, you already know. So montage, we're going to go to hear your segment here in a moment. But, of course, after that, we're going to get saucy. And then we're going to give you guys, um, from Lance and myself, we're going to give you guys um, some final, uh, final thoughts just based on the season. I know it feels like almost like a goodbye, right, because it's the end of the Bill's season, right, but it's not the end of the sit-down. The sit-down is year-round, baby, you already know. So – Montage. Let's ready for a stagger that week. This week, all this, the montage maniac of the week, right? But this is gonna be a little bit different. It's gonna be the montage maniac of the year. Yeah, so I'm gonna give you two maniacs: one on the offensive side of the ball, and one on the defense. And our boy, Mitch Morse, was the maniac of the year on offense. He was the glue. I mean, we couldn't do much of anything without the guy. And I know the offensive line didn't have a great performance, uh, especially in the last game and uh, consistently throughout. But Mitch Morse battles through concussions and all the nicks and things that he goes through to come in and be the leader for the team that they need on offense. So uh, that's really what we look for in a maniac uh, candidate. So I'm going to say Mitch Morse on the offense. And then on defense, our guy, 21, Jordan Poyer, right? I mean, they were undefeated when he was on the field until the Cincinnati game. And just he gutted through injury and everything else as well. And that's kind of the stuff that the, the maniac uh, really is made of. So, you know, my maniac of the year is Jordan Poyer. You know, would be lovely to have him back again next year. Um, not sure if they can do it, but uh, you know, Jordan Poyer on the defensive side of the ball and Mitch Morse on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, this year's montage maniac of the year. I love it, baby. Of course, the montage maniac of the year awards have been handed out, and that is both offensively and defensively. And that is montage's usual segment here that he's got himself on the sit down. And that is every Saturday night here, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Built in Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Of course, we're also on Instagram and TikTok. And we've got a merch shop, and I believe we've got a giveaway going on Twitter as well um, throughout, throughout the weekend. So, Montage, let's go to our next one here, my friend, and it's a chance for us to get, you know.
Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if we win a Super Bowl or not, right? Because the Bills are the best freaking team that exists in professional sports. It's got the best fan base. It's got the best community. Bills Mafia, we are not ever going to be losers when we are this freaking awesome and we are this great and we are this godly because let me tell you something. Sauce God loves you, Bills Mafia. It has been an incredible season regardless of the outcome. Memories to take home. Sadness, yes. Happiness, yes. Tons of joy, yes. New friendships, yes. New beginnings, new memories, and a lot to look forward to in the future because at the end of the day, Bills Mafia, we still got Josh Allen. We've still got Stephon Diggs, and we've still got this Buffalo Bills team that has, talent-wise, don't even get me started, baby. Of course, I hate to be the guy that says it, but till next year. But until then, guys, it is, of course, me here getting saucy. And, of course, that is presented by Duff's Famous Wings, the official sponsor of the sit-down here on the Built to Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Friday, uh, Saturday nights, baby. We love it. So, montage, of course, that's me getting saucy. One more time for the final uh, moment here of the regular season and the conclusion of the overall season. So, montage. Love it, baby. Love it. Real fast, my friend. Final thoughts uh, in, in, in Montage. Why don't you go ahead and start us off here? Um, and Because I got my own things I got to say. Yeah, for sure. Look, we're uh, 13 win, uh, 14 including the playoff football team. Uh, the way we went out was tough. But, hey, uh, a lot of good things to build on with this team. Uh, I'm excited for the future. And, uh, you know, this is, like we said, it's going to be the year uh, where these guys make their hay, uh, being in McDermott. And so – uh, full trust in, in the process that they've put forward so far. And, uh, you know, I, I get it. People are nervous. People are pissed off because we lost the way we lost. But uh, overall, heck of a year for these guys. Um, they went through a, a real uh, tough season through all the things this community has been through. So, um, you know, just show some damn compassion for one another, for, for these guys and everything else. So, um, you know, it was really uh, – Really great season. We had a lot of ups, a lot of downs, but uh, overall, you know, you have a successful football team. This is a lot better than any one of those drought years. Remember uh, where we came from, guys, 17 straight years without a playoff berth, and uh, now we're a perennial playoff team and uh, even favorites for the Super Bowl. Who would have thought that? Amen to that. Montage, I appreciate that very much. Now, my uh, final thoughts here. To conclude the season is, I want to say first and foremost, that it's been um, one of the most exciting seasons for me as a um, fit also just, you know, in my life because covering the Bills with Built in Buffalo and being able to do the show and everything that I've gotten to do in, in this world of covering the Bills, my favorite thing in life, my my truest love, my the one thing I love more than <laughs> maybe almost more than God, you know what I mean? But it's like it's been such a great year, and I've, I'm so happy with everybody I've gotten to meet through Built in Buffalo. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody that's tuned into every single show, that's watched every promotion, that's liked, that's shared, commented. I don't care. Tune in for a second. I appreciate every single one of these people like Roy Collins, Jim Graham, Tyra Andrews, Gage. Um, 12 Gage, baby. We love you. Yeah, Lance's mom, Nancy, who's the only person that made Lance cool. Um, my mom, you know, it just, it just all in all, a lot of support that is put towards something that is a dream to me and is a real honor and a real privilege. So like it sucks that, you know, we didn't put up a Super Bowl or whatever, but like at the end of the day, I'm really, 
um, very happy and very grateful to be <laughs> to be where I am right now. And I want to say, Montage, thank you too. Um, Absolutely, brother. We love you. It's tough, bro. You know, it's just nice to have a, a host that showed as much compassion towards what I'm doing too. So I appreciate you very much. <laughs> and you made me cry, you little bitch. <laughs> yeah, we love you, brother. That's no, what we're no, here for, guys. That's what it's I, all about. I, I, take, I take those moments in life and I cherish that kind of stuff, Montage. It really has been a great uh, great year, and I look forward to the future because this is only the start of it. So, uh, of course, great things to come here, and that is going to conclude us here in the sit-down. Of course, this episode concluding the end of the Buffalo Bills 2022-2023 NFL season. And from all of us here built in Buffalo, we say go Bills and Mafia Montage. I want to say again, I appreciate you very much. Everybody that's watched, appreciate you guys very much. And for one last time this season, God bless and go Bills. Go Bills, baby. And of course, don't forget, Saturday night, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Built in Buffalo Network, every Saturday night here in the sit-down, right here, baby. We love you. Presented by Famous Wings of Doves. Go Bills.